Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. What does it say? Always. And that wasn't good enough, so he said, And again I say rejoice. Y'all need to find joy in the Lord, y'all. Listen to me now. Joy in the Lord. See, there's a whole lot of people that are Christians that don't understand joy. You can see it written all over their face. They have lost the joy of salvation. They have lost the joy of being a servant to the Most High King. You see, I'm a servant, but I don't have to have a slave mentality. Right? Look who I serve, man. Rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. What does that mean? Does that mean you should be careless with everything you do? No. Come on. That ain't what God's telling you. He's telling you to quit being anxious and worrisome about everything. Let's face it. There's very few things that people worry about these days that they can do anything about. You know, you may be worrying about some of your family that's not saved. You can't do anything about that. You can share the Word with them. You can pray for them. But you can't change who they are. So there's no point in worrying, right? That's what He's telling you. You may be worried about your job. Nothing you can do. All you can do is show up, do the best you can, be the best employee that you can at your job. Those circumstances are out of your control. All you can do is turn it over to God. Be careful for nothing. Don't be anxious about this stuff. Don't spend your time worrying and fretting about things that you have no control over. But in everything... Now listen, this is key to the first part, right? You can't just stop it. be careful for nothing. You need to hear what the rest of this verse says. It says, but in everything... Not just some things, everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Underline with thanksgiving. Because see, a lot of people go to God and whine and complain and say, God, why won't you do nothing? But they don't ever go and say, God, thank you for what you have done. Thank you for what you're going to do. See, that's faith. You start looking into things you don't yet understand, things you don't have any control over, but you believe by faith that God has your best interest at heart. So you trust Him. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And you might say, well, doesn't God know what I'm going through? Doesn't God know the thoughts I have? Yeah. But you know what? God typically won't move till you ask Him to. He wants to see are you going to depend on Him. 
He wants to see, do, do I even need to be involved? Because Kevin might just think he has this under control. I might need to just step back and let him find out what it means to trust me. He's going to wait till you ask him. Does that mean God don't ever move on our behalf before we even know we need to? Y'all, I got a testimony. I was going to work this week. Just cruising along. Cruise control set. Not doing anything foolish. We hit a bank of fog. And all of a sudden, I see two cars in the left-hand lane coming at me. That's all fine, right? Then out of nowhere, there's one in the right-hand lane trying to pass one of them. I jam on my brakes. Man, there ain't nowhere to go. Construction, all that. I know I can't hit the side of the road at 70 miles an hour. So I jam on my brakes, start to scrub off some speed, and and I start moving to the right. It's going to (laughs) hurt. I know it's going to hurt. I got my two girls in the back seat. And just about the time I start to move to the right... That guy sucks in to the left. And I jerk it back and straighten up and go on. Y'all, God was in control. I ain't that good a driver, okay? I don't drive race cars for a living. I can hold my own on, on a normal, everyday drive, right? But I'm not some kind of super stuntman car driver. But God was in control. I didn't have to go to God and say, God, now you see what's about to happen. I need you to move in my life right now. I didn't have time for that. I didn't have time to thank Jesus. Okay? So that's not what this is talking about. But what this is talking about is when you're sitting there thinking, man, I need God to move in my life. God, why won't you do this? Why won't you do that? See, you've got to go to Him and say, God... I have a need. This is what my need is. Verse 7, In the peace of God. Y'all understand peace of God? I have a feeling some of you don't. But you can. It's real easy. It's real easy to find the peace of God. He doesn't hide it from you. The peace of God which passeth all understanding. It means you can't figure out why in the circumstances you're in, you have peace, but you have it anyway. Shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now y'all look at verse 8. If you ain't ever read verse 8, oh my goodness, you are missing out. Verse 8, Finally, brethren... Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Now y'all, I didn't say anything in there about... Think on dancing with the stars. It didn't say anything in there about going and getting the Houston County newspaper and reading the front page. You know know what this is talking about? 
This is talking about when you are tempted to worry, tempted to be anxious about something. This don't mean you can't ever think about things that are bad or other things besides what's listed here. What it's telling you is that when you're in that situation where you've got problems rising up in your life and all you see around you is nothing but mountains and turmoil, don't sit and think about that stuff because you can't change it. You go back to verse uh, verse um, 6. And it says, In everything by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God, and you leave it right there. Stop. Skip to verse 8, and you think on those things. Because Satan's going to come and say, Hey man, remember that? You got all these problems, what are you going to do? And you say, Satan, I ain't going to think about it right now. I can't control it, so get away, leave me alone. I'm going to think on things that are pure, things that are lovely, things that are of good report. I don't need to hear your report. There's a song that I would love for them to sing, but it just don't really quite fit their style. But it says, whose report will you believe? And then there's a kind of a choir in the background that says, we will believe the report of the Lord. So whose report are you going to believe? You see, Satan's going to come. Satan's going to tell you. He's going to tell you, Lemuel. He's going to say, you don't have any control. And you've got all these problems. Man, what are you going to do? You ain't going to make it. That's what he wants to tell you. So whose report are you going to believe? I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. Because he's nothing but a liar. Satan is nothing but a liar. I don't know that he can even try to tell the truth. Everything he tells you, he twists in the, maybe in the smallest amount, but he twists it somehow. Sounds good up front, but sooner or later you're going to see it for what it is, a lie. So don't believe him. God will not come to you and tell you, man, don't you see what kind of trouble you're in? What are you going to do? That ain't God. That ain't God talking to you. God doesn't worry. God doesn't let circumstances overcome His joy. Okay? Why do you think you should find the joy of the Lord? Because His joy is everlasting. Satan doesn't have any joy to offer you. It may may seem pleasurable for a season, the Word says, but the end of it is death. We started this Scripture out saying rejoice in the Lord. Now look, I don't know what kind of circumstances are going on in y'all's life. But I've had times in my life when I sure didn't feel like rejoicing. I look at circumstances, man, and say, man, how am I going to get out of this? It just seems like there's no hope. Right? But do you realize that He didn't put any kind of stipulations in that Scripture that say you should only rejoice in the Lord when things are going right? He didn't say that. 
He said, rejoice in the Lord always. Okay? So here's, here's what you've got to ask yourself today. I always like to make you think about yourself, okay? Here's what you need to ask yourself. If I can't rejoice in the Lord during bad times, what is it that I'm rejoicing over during good times? Now, I want you to think about that for a second. Let it sink in. I know it's kind of a, it's kind of a brain twister. If you can't rejoice in the Lord during bad times, what are you rejoicing over during good times? You're going to find out real quick where your joy is. I guarantee you, if you can't... See, God don't change. Your circumstances change, but God doesn't change. So, if your joy leaves when bad times come, that means your joy was not in the Lord. Your joy was in whatever you got. Whatever the bad times are affecting. You see, your joy is not in the eternal place it should be. Your joy is misplaced. When you have true joy in the Lord, circumstances don't affect it. Circumstances don't affect it. And you can then understand what that Scripture says when it says rejoice in the Lord always. Does that make sense? Now y'all think about it now. Let Let it settle down into your spirit. I want you to get a firm grasp on that today. Because I find times that I want to lose my joy. And I give it up sometimes, right? Because I let them circumstances cloud my view. I I start focusing on the little things in front of me. I mean, I seem little at the time, but I promise you they're little. I start focusing on those and I, I take my eyes off of God, just like Peter, when he began to sink in the water. He looked around him, he saw the storm raging, waves crashing all over the place, and for a minute, he lost sight of God. He started looking at things he had no control over, can't stop the wind, can't calm the waves, and began to sink. But if he would have kept his thoughts and his eyes on Jesus, he'd never had a problem. That is a perfect picture of what we go through. See, we ain't no better than Peter. If anything, Peter probably had one up on us. Because he got out there to start with, right? The man walked on water. Y'all hear what I'm saying? The man walked on water. That's faith. I couldn't have stepped out of the boat. I'm I'm be just dead honest with you. I wouldn't have done I would have never said, Jesus, if that's you, tell me to come to you. If I'd have been standing there and Peter said that, like, man, are you crazy? Don't you see what's going on? We ain't nowhere near land. But see. He lost his, he lost that joy in the Lord because he looked at what was called the storm. He looked at the storm. He didn't have no control over it. And some of y'all are sitting here today thinking, yeah, but look at what's going on in my life. What am I supposed to do? I don't know how to handle this. You don't have to know. 
That's why the Word tells you. I want everybody listening to this. That's why the Word tells you, lean not on your own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. That's what that's about. You don't have to understand. He does. You don't have to see the end. He does. He may send you somewhere you'd never think about going. And then you get to the end and everything is smooth sailing because you let God lead and guide you. So where do you find yourself today? You're one of them like most of us that in the midst of circumstances loses your joy? That ought not to be. I'm guilty of it. I don't know that I'd really say that's a sin, But it's not the way we should be as Christians. We get too focused on our stuff, don't we? We get too hung up in, you know, not just our material belongings, but our families and and all of those things here in this world that we deal with and are responsible for. We get too hung up in that. And we lose sight of who really has control over it. Not us. God. If we'll just let Him. If we truly let God just have His way in our life, and we truly acknowledge Him in everything, when those circumstances come, man, it's like water off a duck's back. It just rolls right off. You say, Satan, leave me alone. You ain't taking my joy. See, you're crazy if you can still have joy in times like that. That's what the world thinks. They say, man, you ought to just be in an insane asylum with all the things that's happened to you. You ever seen people like this that it seems like just one thing after another just slamming them? And they keep their head up. I'm envious, man. I want to be like that. I do better than I used to. But I want to be like that. When all those battles come at me, and look, I face some battles, y'all. It, it was a battle for me to even want to come this morning. I didn't say it was a battle for me to come. I said it was a battle for me to want to come. See, just out of habit, I can make my flesh do something. That don't mean I have to like it, right? That's what everybody always says. Just because I do it don't mean I have to like it. I have to like it. Right? If I was up here today and y'all, y'all could tell by looking at me that I didn't want to be here, you wouldn't want to be sitting here right now either. Everybody would be like, but y'all, there's joy in the Lord. I don't care how tired you are. I don't care how much money you don't have. I don't care how many clothes you don't have. I don't care if you don't know where your next meal's coming from. There's joy in the Lord. You see, if you go back, we read some of it in Sunday school this morning. When Jesus was talking about how you shouldn't take any thought for tomorrow. 
what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. Does that mean you don't plan? No. It means you don't sit and want worry about it. Don't sit and worry about that stuff. You can't change it. But he did say what? He said, look at the birds. Look at the lilies of the field. Look at all these different things that just go on without you doing anything about it. Because God's in control. Look at how that stuff just flourishes. Don't you think God cares more about you than He does some flower out in the middle of a pasture? Y'all, we're His chosen. See, He didn't choose squirrels and dogs and cats. He chose us. We're made in His image. Now, don't you think that that kind of God that would take the time to craft you in whatever He wants you to be. See, He knew you before you were in your mother's womb. He had already had a plan for you. He knew His thoughts towards you, that they're for good, not evil. He has a plan for you, the Word says in Jeremiah, to give you an expected end. That means you can count on what God is telling you, and that whatever the end is going to be, See, right now don't matter. It's the end that matters. This is just a vapor. Life is just a vapor. It don't matter what you're going through right now. What matters is the end. And I know what God thinks about me and where I'm headed. That's where my joy is. My joy is not here. My joy, I may have joy at from time to time in this life, but my joy is in the Lord. When, when circumstances change, I know my God doesn't change. He is forever. He's from everlasting to everlasting. Everything around me can just, uh, proverbially go to hell. But I don't have to worry about that. I can't control it anyway, right? right? <clears throat> you know, one of the hardest things I've had to learn, <clears throat> and this kind of goes right along with rejoicing, is that no matter what my circumstances are, no matter how I even feel that day. See, feelings, I've told you before, feelings are deceptive. You ever felt like you had a good feeling about something and then all of a sudden didn't quite go the way you thought? Feelings are deceptive. The thing I've had to learn is that no matter how I feel and no matter how things are going in my life, God is still worthy of praise. And even though I don't feel like praising, He still deserves my praise. That's a hard concept to learn. It's easy to say it's hard to implement. Because my physical feelings, my emotional feelings can real easily get in the way of that if I'm not if I'm not spiritually minded enough. If my spirit man is weak and beaten down because I haven't fed him and tended to him right, 
the natural man is going to overcome and he's going to say, I don't feel like it. Let's face it, y'all. The natural man don't care to praise God. The natural man don't care to stand up, lift his hands, sing at the top of his lungs to the mighty king. He don't care to do it. He would a whole lot rather just sit there and, no, nah, I ain't getting up. Y'all don't know what I've been through this week. I'm just going to sit here. Ain't that right? The natural man would rather do that. But the spiritual man desires to worship God in whatever capacity you, you can. See, everybody's a little different. We can't expect everybody to fit the same mold of everybody else. But the spiritual man, if he's strong enough, will overcome the flesh and say, I don't care how I feel. You can forget about how bad your, your legs hurt and everything else. Just forget about it. We're going to worship God. Amen. And when you get enough spiritual growth because you have fed the spiritual man and he overcomes the flesh, it's not effort. It's not effort. So when we learn that, the same kind of thing goes along with rejoicing. When the spiritual man is strong enough, when you keep him fed, and you encounter those circumstances that would make most people just hang their heads and want to go back crawling to bed and cover up and turn the lights out, and you can still hang your head high and say, nah, my God is in control. Satan, leave me alone. See, greater is, me that is, in, greater is He that is in me than He that is in the world. Tell Him that stuff and rejoice. Because God is in control, not me. Thank God it doesn't depend on me. Because I will mess it up. My God is in control. The Man, the Creator of the universe, y'all. Listen now. The Creator of the universe is in control of my life. What in the world is there to worry about? You think somebody that can't speak the universe into existence, set planets in orbit, control gravity and temperature regulation and all these kind of things to make it suitable for me to live here. You think he can't deal with a financial situation? You think he can't deal with the health of your children? Who are we talking about? Are we talking about Dr. Duke off of TV? No. That man ain't ever said anything on TV that made any sense to me. But God, when He answers my prayer, oh, it's like a breath of life. When God speaks to me, it opens up just volumes within me. There's a response. That's who I'm trusting. I'm not trusting man. God may use man to fulfill what He wants done in your life, but I ain't trusting man. I'm trusting God. 